Hello, and welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location, no matter if that location is physical or virtual. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and I am a part of the Gestalt IT family. And for each episode, we gather some of the luminaries in the IT industry to debate and discuss a premise or an idea. And I have a great group joining me today, and I'd like for them to introduce themselves real quick, starting with Mr. John Deegan. Hi, my name is uh, John Deegan, uh, Wi-Fi underscore John at Twitter. Uh, blog is at wifijohn.com. I've uh, been working in Wi-Fi for a while and gen general IT for about uh, 20 years. All right, Keith. Uh, Keith Parsons. Uh, on Twitter, I'm Keith R. Parsons, and my website's wlampros.com. And uh, like John, I've been doing Wi-Fi. I've uh, been doing Wi-Fi for nearly two decades now. Awesome. And Tiffany. Hi, I'm Tiffany. I'm the content queen at Gestalt IT. And my Twitter handle is Tiffany underscore ANV. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Let's jump into today's premise. As you can tell, we're all recording this at Zoom. And we're recording this from a location that looks suspiciously like our house. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock quite literally for the last few months, uh, there's been a global pandemic that has forced a lot of companies to relocate their um, employees to working from home or sparingly going into the office. Now, if you've also been trying to buy equipment for your home office recently, you've probably seen what that costs because suddenly everyone had to outfit their new digs. And it turns out that working from home is probably not all it's cracked up to be. Now, I can start off with a little bit here because my entire role here at Gestalt IT, I've been remote for the last seven and a half years. And there are days when it's great and there are days when it's not so great. And for the last six or seven months since uh, you know the pandemic really started up at the first part of March, uh, I'm starting to see some of the stress and the strain uh, of working from home. And there's a lot of different areas that that kind of, uh, that kind of delves into. And the first one I actually wanna tackle is one of the biggest ones that I've seen recently, which is work-life balance. Um, you know, Tiffany, I want to start off with you because as part of Gestalt IT, you know, you were working in the office with us quite frequently and then all of a sudden, hey, I'm working from my kitchen. Um, how's the work-life balance been for you working from home? Surprise, you're right. Uh, it has definitely changed. I feel like I work a lot more now in having my uh, laptop on my dining room table most of the time. What I'm finding is that as I walk from room to room, it seems like work beckons me and I might just hop on and, and check a couple of emails or get on Slack. And, and so my bosses probably feel really excited about the amount of output lately, especially over these last six months. But I can tell you, my workload has definitely increased and it could be a good thing or it could be questionable. So <laughs> we can talk yeah. about that. <laughs> now, John, you kind of had an opposite experience because if I'm not mistaken, you spent a lot of time working in an office um, for your employer. How has the transition to a remote work from home environment been for you? Uh, I mean, it, it's had its moments. Being in IT, the beauty part has been I've always been able to work from home uh, basically since my first job when I had to set up the VPN concentrators. Uh, at the same point in time, it's it's never been a full-time thing for me. It's always been, you know, a day here as needed, uh, give or take. So, so this last few six months, whatever, has been different because it's full-time. Um, 
so it's an adjustment because, you know, anytime I'm home, sometimes there's always the, the family's grabbing you. Hey, dad, you're home. I need this. I need this. And I'm like, okay, just because I'm walking through the house to get like a drink or whatever doesn't mean I'm not working. It just means I'm taking a five minute break. So it, it's definitely an adjustment and it's still in progress. Um, I mean, I think the biggest one, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, Tom, was the IT, the technology part of it, right? Like, you know, the home was great when it was not getting abused like an office. And now that everybody's home and everybody's online and you start to realize how many devices um, you start to look at it and, and yeah, it gets uh, a little bit stressful <laughs> to fix it up. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that I, I've looked at and we'll talk about that in just a minute because I feel like that that's a whole topic that we, we definitely need to develop. Now, Keith, you kind of had an interesting split on this because you have a role somewhat similar to mine where you, you work from home in your office, but you also travel quite a bit for, for the stuff that you do for WLAN pros. I mean, has this really been much of a change for you or is, has the change really been the fact that everybody else seems to be working from home now too? Uh, for me, the change is staying home. I, I'm used to being on the road 40, 45 weeks a year, and I uh, enjoyed it. Uh, one, I got to read at least a book a week. Uh, I don't think I've read a book a month since I've been stuck home. Uh, you just feel guilty if, to take me time while the family's around. Uh, so I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm kind of stuck home now, and yet, uh, like Tiffany, my workload's actually increased. I do more work. But unlike Tiffany, I don't, I don't like the term work-life balance. I think there's just life. And how, what you choose to put in the life, it's not like it's my time or the boss's time. I just have time. And I think what's really good for a lot of people now is they realized um, you can go watch a kid's soccer game and not feel guilty for doing that and pick up your laptop at 10 at night and pick up an email. They're just both using just different types of time. There's no time clocks anymore. It's just life. Yeah, and I think that's kind of fascinating because that's one of the things that I noticed even inside of Gestalt IT for the first couple of months of the pandemic is that people were super, super productive, but they felt almost like they had to be productive because it's like, well, if I'm working from home, I really need to show that I'm doing stuff. And then after a while, it trailed off a little bit because then people started figuring out, well, maybe I don't have to be on the whole time. And, and that was something I actually had to learn quite a bit, not only learn for myself, but teach the members of my family, kind of like, you know, John alluded to. Uh, just because I'm in the house doesn't mean I'm home. Just because I'm not at a keyboard doesn't mean that I'm not working. Also, it also it means that I'm not going to do the laundry or mow the yard or run 55 errands just because this is an opportunity. Now, it means that if I can make it work, I totally can. And I think that that's a challenge because most management sees that if you're not active and doing stuff and sending emails and, and providing proof of work for the entire time of your shift, you're not being a productive employee. But at the same time, I mean, I will admit, uh, lovely Claire, we love her to death here at Gestalt IT, she's been known to text me at 10 o'clock at night and go, why are you working? I'm like, well, I didn't get a chance to catch up on some stuff around four o'clock. So I'm just, I'm logging in after everything else is done. She's like, you need to stop because you're working too late. And I'm like, yeah, but this is the way that work-life balance works. Sometimes I'm going to work at midnight. Sometimes I'm going to work at 6 a.m. Um, but I want to go back to something that John said, because this is actually a huge challenge for a lot of us in IT. We've spent years and years trying to develop these huge, massive, beautiful enterprise-grade networks that involve enterprise-grade Wi-Fi, enterprise-grade uh, cabling and Ethernet, enterprise-grade storage. 
and now it's all sitting somewhere in a building that no one wants to be in and it's being it's just lying fallow meanwhile as as john mentioned my home cable connection is currently being hammered by zoom calls all day long and netflix and youtube and and i mean i actually finally got the warning from my isp that i'd exceeded my bandwidth utilization for the month and i'm like how did that happen so i mean how are we fighting back against this idea that our home office suddenly is not enterprise grade? Um, I mean, for me, you know, the last couple of years I've been working on trying to get a lab or lab-esque uh, equipment in my house. And, and you know, just because of, you know, I live in New York City, it's not exactly, uh, I don't have an abundance of space. So, you know, my lab is also my home network. Um, so I'm trying to upgrade that at the same time as being used. But, um, you know, it's, you know, improving the access points. It's, it's one of my biggest things is I actually just finally last week upgraded the, or put the upgrade in process to get more bandwidth. Um, you know, I had a 200 meg link. Now I'm going to get close to a gig because, you know, I was just looking at it and you, you, you look at the router logs and all of a sudden you're like, holy cow, I've got like between my kids and my, everybody in the family, I've got like 50 devices on the network. I'm like, this is why it's slow. It's not because my 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 Wi-Fi might be an issue because I'm in New York and I've got a, I can see like 18 different networks and they're not mine, but 200 meg is not enough for 50 devices when three of them are are you know hardcore gaming machines and the kids are streaming and the family streaming. So um, it's it's just making me step up. And the downside is it's my lab network as well. So now with the kids going back to school, I have to do a change window at home to to upgrade it. But it's um, you know, it's a work in progress. Um, that's, that's kind of all it is for me anyways. I kind of find it funny that a lot of people used to treat their home network as their lab network. And then suddenly whenever there's distance learning and a whole bunch of other stuff going on on it, suddenly it becomes production and we don't get to mess with it when it's in production hours. And that feels a whole lot more like work than it used to. Um, you know, Keith, what do you think about that? I, I think the SLAs for home network are way more stringent than anything else. If the wife's not happy, yeah. You, you need to have it here. Yeah, I, I, I would I just, agree. I just luckily uh, been begging for, I've had three wisps all combined together so I could get 50 meg and just right when this started, we were able to get fiber to the home and it's been wonderful. That is good. I mean, that's that's one of the things that we're starting to see a lot of of internet providers. They're starting to step up their game. I know that uh, if if we remember back to the halcyon days of, of the dot com boom and then you know ninety nine two thousand one era, uh, there were trucks rolling around everywhere, running as much fiber as they could get out of the spool. And now, in the last six months, I've seen more people trenching fiber in my neighborhood than I could have ever possibly imagined because it turns out that competition is good. When you run a fiber plant into a neighborhood, suddenly there's competition, and the last mile doesn't have to be whoever the incumbent is. So I think that that's actually going to pay off in the long run. I also worry that ISPs are going to start introducing more data caps and, and preferred tiering and, you know, big thanks to the FCC for even allowing that to be a thing. Um, you know, Tiffany, what's your experience been like? Because I know you're not necessarily focused on IT from the implementation perspective, but has your home network and your home uh, equipment been able to hold up? Absolutely. I mean, lucky for me, I, I live mostly home by myself. I live alone um, with my child around maybe half of the time. And all summer he was sleeping. We'll see what happens as school has started back up and he's on Zoom calls all day and um, see how, how complicated things get then. But no complaints so far. Things are going pretty well. 
Yeah, that's one of those things. And one of the other uh, issues that I've seen a lot of discussion about in the community is the fact that, you know, if what happens if we never go back to an in-person office experience, are we going to start seeing people saying, well, maybe I don't need to refresh my Wi-Fi 5 network to be Wi-Fi 6 or 6E compatible? You know, am I just going to be shipping APs to people at home? You know, do I really need a SAN if nobody's going to be accessing it? I mean, you know, uh, Keith, what are your thoughts on that? Are you worried that this is going to start a wave of contraction when it comes to equipment refreshes? Um, I don't know if it's going to retract at all. I think it's just going to change. Instead of, instead of maybe redoing the entire campus network, we just do it a different way. Um, I, I'm kind of glad, actually, not, not that the COVID's happened, but uh, one of the effects I think is positive is everyone's learning it's actually okay to work remotely. Not necessarily at your house, but you can be just about anywhere. You can go on vacation and put in two or three hours of work and then play, and you can work anywhere you have network access. I think that's being that's gonna really change more of the the communities that are centered, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, uh, you know, Boston area, where you you're expected to be someplace that was very expensive. Now you're just expected to get your work done, and we have six months of proof that you actually can be very productive without being together in one space. Yeah, I, I would agree. And that's actually uh, one of the things that we've started seeing a lot of is, is jobs that were historically, you know, you have to be in person 90% of the time to be able to do this job. Now, maybe not so much. And the requirements haven't changed. I, I've always kind of found it a little bit funny that social media managers are required to be at a desk in a headquarters because Twitter is everywhere. But it turns out that a lot of that comes down to things like management. And that's the next topic I want to get into. Now, I'll, 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 I'm going to, Keith is going to have a little bit of a different perspective on this because he basically works for himself. But, you know, John, Tiffany, myself, we report to somebody. And that's one of the challenges that you have working from home. Some bosses are really cool about it. It's like, hey, you've got a list of things that need to get done today. And as long as that list gets done, I am assuming that you have been productive. But some of us out there aren't so lucky. Um, and I've heard horror stories about things like, well, I need you to install this application so that I can see what you're doing at any time, like TeamViewer. Or I need you to turn your webcam on the entire time so that I can see whether or not you're getting up and doing stuff. Now, hopefully, we've gotten past that at this point. But, you know, have you, uh, I'll start with you, Tiffany, have you felt any additional stress from the management side of things when it comes to, well, I have to stay productive, I have to be here, I have to make sure that things are getting done? Not so much, not from, from our side, but what I have noticed is that I tend to be a little bit more focused because of those little office chit chat moments or those 30 minute lunches that, that turn into to an hour after a little while. Um, I think that that the management team that we work under, they can see the, the work that we're putting in. And so, no, I don't, I don't feel like there's any big change at all besides more productivity on my side. So I think that's how trust is built as well. John, how does it look from your end? Um, I mean, so, you know, looking back, and I'll look at more of, of a historical perspective and then I'll season in a little bit of the, the pandemic part of it. Like I said, I've worked for a lot of places that we're always embracing work from home. I've been blessed in that respect that, you know, for the most part, um, I go back to one of my first managers ever. He said, I don't care if you work four hours or 40 hours, as long as the work getting done, I don't care where you are. 
or, or how it's done. If I'm coming to talk to you, it's because you're not getting your work done and that's a problem. And he and I still are friends to this day. Um, you know, my current situation, my, my bosses have been really good. We do the happy hours and things like that on zoom. And, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing I miss, um, I, I, I'm fortunate not to get too mi micromanaged. I've had, you know, they've done like the mental health checks, like, hey, you seem a little bit off today, which is good. They're, they're, they're trying to keep on top of everybody, which is important. Um, and I think hopefully all of us are doing that with our friends and family as well. Um, but it, it hasn't really gotten anything crazy. What I think I miss the most, um, and I'll be honest, I love working from home because I had a, a pain in the butt commute. Um, but what I what I miss the most about being here as opposed to the office is the the FaceTime with the management. Um, I don't interact with my C-level folks as much as I used to. Um, and there's just there's no way around that, really. Um, you know, they're off dealing with their own fires more so than not. Um, and, and they were when I was in the office, but at least there you'd walk past them as they were going to the bathroom or the kitchen or or to a meeting and you could get a couple minutes to say hi and they knew you still existed. Um, that's that's probably the biggest thing I miss, but you know I'm I'm, I'm fortunate that the micromanagement um, isn't there. And I think Keith, like like he said before, I think the biggest thing this is going to prove is there are so many people, and it's crazy to think about it in any industry, that looked at working from home as a negative, uh, whether it was full time or part time to any extent. They were like, I don't want you working from home. I need to see you. And I mean, the tools for at least for IT professionals, we can sit there and say like the tools have been there for, you know, a couple of decades to be able to, to really be effective remotely. Um, and they've obviously only improved uh, since I started in 99. Um, but this really proved that like, hey, we really can work from home. You don't need everybody in the office. Um, so I think it's going to shift things. I mean, the real estate market, I feel bad for some of those people because I think it's going to spread. It's going to make some of the country a little bit more, um, I don't want to say accessible or viable probably uh, for some of these people. I mean, we've seen, you look on Twitter all the time, you see people are, you know, they're taking a two week vacation. They're taking the work with them. The kids can go to the beach and they're not missing anything. Um, or, you know, I think there's, there's been countries that are like, Hey, we're open. You can come here and work here for a couple months and we don't care. And we're going to make it really, uh, really cool to do it. And I think it was like Bermuda or Bahamas or something. I saw something the other day. You know, if, if companies are open to that, I mean, there's no real, there's nothing stopping. As long as you've got the internet access and the, the tools, um, you can be productive from anywhere. Um, the productivity part is on you. You just have to limit your distractions and, and, and manage your time, which is, I think is, I mean, honestly, you've had to do that whether you're in the office or at home. So. I think there's, there's a group, there's a group of, of people who are self-managed and are really good at that. But there's also some people who like being told. No, I mean, nothing against them. It's just their personality or their job role. Not all jobs can handle, can be work from home. My, my wife's a labor and delivery nurse, delivers babies. Not really something you can do from home. So there are some jobs that still have to be that way. And not all IT jobs are that way. You're still, we're still going to need to have travel. Sure. Uh, as the employer side, I have uh, employees that work for me. And there, there is a trust issue. Not that I don't think they're getting their job done. It's that if you, if I allow you to to go and watch the kids, you know, soccer game and go to a piano recital in the middle of the day and do whatever you need to do to support your children, I expect that there's the reciprocal side as well. That that if I call you, you answer. If I send you a text, that there's a a response time that is is not like, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow because it was nine o'clock and I don't do my mail till eight in the morning. If if you want that flexibility comes the other side of the responsibility too. Right. But I mean, so being in IT and, and, and you've obviously been in IT as long as I have longer than I have, but um, 
I've always felt that way, you know, forget about working from home, but like the minute that my company gave me a cell phone that they were paying for, I knew that if that phone rang, I had to answer it. That was always the way I've treated it. And, um, you know, my joke from way back when was if you really looked at the hours you work because you've got a smartphone or, or you had a Blackberry or whatever, and you divide it by your salary, you're probably making less than minimum wage, um, depending on, on outages and things like that. But it does give you that flexibility. Um, and, and I've, I've, had many different roles over my career and I've had some, some roles where I was a manager. Um, and I've always told my employees that worked for me, um, you know, if they give you a cell phone, the expectation is you're going to answer it in a timely fashion. Um, and, you know, even before the pandemic, if they had said, Oh, you know, I've got to go to a doctor's appointment. I'm not, I'm not taking time off. Um, it's only going to be an hour. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But if I, if, if me in particular sends you a text or, uh, you know, a message on teams or whatever, or an email, unless you're being serviced, like I expect a, a prompt response. Like, even if it's like, Hey, I'm about to go to the doctors, give me 10 and I'll get back to you. Um, it's when they don't respond in a timely fashion that I, I get the whole concern of, of, you know, is the trust being violated? Um, but th that also does, it's a fine line of, of, I don't want to get texted every day every 10 minutes but you know there's we're adults we should be able to you know respond to a text in a timely fashion unless you legitimately didn't get it for whatever reason um and i think that that's an important point is that we have to have a little bit of trust in in the employees that we work with and that the teams that we're a member of that they're going to basically act like mature grown-ups when it comes to that i mean i'm actually seeing parallels of this with my child now who's doing half of his school online where you know when he's in school no problem. He, he shows up to class. He does all the things. He comes home. He does his homework. But he thinks that the days when he's in virtual school are days off. And so it's a lot of snacking on the couch and watching YouTube. And, and I've, again, fought that battle many years ago where it's like, you know, I can just sit down and watch the Avengers again if I really wanted to except that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. What I'm supposed to be doing is sending more emails or, or getting the next field day event lined up. And if I don't get that done, if I'm just like, ah, I'll just do it tomorrow, it doesn't matter in the long run, except it does matter because then I don't have, I don't get the amount of work done that I'm supposed to get done. And so we have, we're kind of conditioned to do that in an office where it's like, okay, now I maybe need to worry about going in and doing stuff while I'm here. But then when I'm not in the office, um, you know, do I really have to do that? So I think that's that's a, a big deal when it comes down to it. Um, you know, the last thing I, I want to talk about, and it's kind of amusing to me at the very least, is uh, it, it kind of centers around the work-life balance thing, but um, it has to do with distractions. Um, specifically, uh, we've all seen the infamous video of the uh, presenter dressed up in a suit and a tie, and he's in his office, and he's doing a Zoom call, and he's, you know, looking very, very professional for the BBC, and then all of a sudden, his kid walks in to ask him a question. And we all kind of giggled when we saw that a couple of years ago. And now it's like, if your kid runs through the background, okay, no big deal. If you have a cat meowing on your microphone, you are required to show the cat or the dog or the parakeet or the slug or whatever pet you have. I mean, how are you guys finding it to be able to deal with distractions when it comes to these kinds of things? Uh, I mean, for me, you know, I, I work in the basement um, and, and anybody that's looking over my shoulder may notice my wife has been going in and out because the backyard is right behind me um, and it's, it's close to dinner time. But usually what I'll do is I, I, if I need quiet, I close the door. 
um, I will let her know if I've got a call that is you know going to require my full attention and I can't get like, hey, can you go get the dog, take her out for a minute or whatever. Um, it's just communication. I think that's the biggest thing is, is um, you know, making sure that they're kind of aware of your schedule. Obviously, you're home. So it's not like, hey, I've, I'm traveling for two days. It's, you know, I'm going to be in the basement um, and, and just kind of work with that. And, you know, if, if like with kids going back to school, it's now it's she's she'll ask, hey, can I can I uh, can you drop off one of the kids or, or is tomorrow not good for you or whatever? Um, it, it's just a lot more communication about that um, because you're home. And so you you're you're sort of available. But, you know, are you really, um, you know, with again, with technology, you could take a call from your car if you're driving somewhere. Uh, but is it a call that you can take from your car? Are you presenting? Do you need to be on, you know, a, a situation like this where you're on and being recorded? Um, you know, but I, I'm lucky that she's been understanding with that. And it's you, you take the good with the bad. Um, you know, it is what it is. My, my kids, like I said, I'll walk upstairs to grab a snack or something like that. And I'll get hit with dad, can I get a new game or dad, can I get this or dad, my stuff doesn't work. And I'll be like, well, you know, we'll work with it after dinner. Um, they understand. Um, they do understand. Yeah. I, I have the same kind of distraction thing, even though I'm a grandfather. Now my uh, eldest son's home while they're finishing their new house. And so I've got grandkids here, uh, you know, running around, crawling in on the floor, bu bugging you. You kind of have to schedule things around that. Uh, even putting a, a little sign up on the door or a hanger on the door doesn't always help with children. You're, if you're here, you're here for them. So it's a matter of just making sure whoever you're working with understands your priorities and some things take precedence. Tiffany, how's it been for you? Um, I, I know you said that, that your son's there a little bit, but has he uh, been crashing through calls like the Kool-Aid man? <laughs> he sure has not. He would have to deal with me later. But what I will say is that um, not so much distracted by other people in the home, but sometimes looking out the window and seeing how beautiful it is, I'm distracted by wanting to go outside and just like walk around in the backyard or sit out on the deck. That happens. But the other thing that happens, I notice, is um, because people are knowing that you're there and they know your schedule, the Slack messages, um, the constant interruptions uh, when you're trying to do focused work, I get distracted by that. And I think it is because, um, you know, people, people think, hey, I know they're there. They're probably working through just like I am. So maybe we can hop on a Zoom call. Maybe we can hop on this or that to kind of get that same collaboration that we used to have in an office. And sometimes those distractions can um, prove to be pretty annoying, but we work through them, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things that I've actually noticed um, a little bit from the work from home perspective is once everybody went remote, uh, everything became a video call all of a sudden. Uh, calls sure. that were, were never video before, now we want them to be video because we want to see your bright shining face. Okay, I, I want to see your bright shining face too. Uh, but then it becomes now I have to have my curtains down, I have to have my hair fixed, I have to make sure that I'm not wearing an offensive t-shirt this week. <laughs> So, you know, it's, it, there's always something that's going to play into it. And I think that that's kind of fascinating when it comes right down to it, that so much of what we do and so many of the routines that we've built up, whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for a run in the morning or I'm going to work from Starbucks today. I mean, that was actually one of the biggest changes for me in the pandemic was that I couldn't just run away to Starbucks when I wanted to because I, I sometimes need people around me. I don't want to talk to them. I just need them around to kind of help me focus. And, and not being able to do that was driving me insane. So I think that ultimately what it comes down to for a lot of people who are working from home is they have to find a way to kind of get back into those routines. And when this was just like something that maybe take a couple of months, I don't have to worry about it as much. But, you know, 
six months plus and the possibility of it going, you know, Google has announced that they're not going to even begin to think about bringing people back in until summer of 2021. The realistic possibility that this could be 15 to 18 months before we're able to come back and the possibility exists that nobody could come back at all and things could go from there really changes the way that we look at stuff. And we're going to have to be very cognizant of that because so much of what we do has to be judged by a very uh, different measuring stick now. And, you know, ultimately, we, we say it kind of tongue-in-cheek, working from home really isn't all it's cracked up to be, but when you measure it against all the other work that we've been doing for so many years, I mean, it's not the worst it could be. Uh, yeah, I'm not working on a beach somewhere, but I'm also able to work. I have a job, um, and I know that there are a lot of people out there who don't. Um, and we, our hearts go out to you and we hope that you're able to find employment, whether it's at home or in an office somewhere fairly soon. But for those of you who look like you're going to be stuck working from home for a little while longer, um, you know, take heart that, uh, you know, we're all facing the same struggles that you are. Um, we're working on ways to, uh, to figure those out. And a lot of other, other companies that we deal with are doing the same thing. So that should just about do it for this episode of the Gestalt IT On-Premise IT Roundtable. For more great episodes of this podcast, please check out our website, gestaltit.com slash podcast is the home of the latest episode. You can also subscribe to us in your favorite podcast application of choice, and you can find us in iTunes. And if you do happen to find us in iTunes, do us all a favor and leave a rating and a review for everybody else who might be looking for something fun to listen to on their morning commute down the stairs or perhaps their morning walk now that they're exercising more. Uh, but for myself, Tom Hollingsworth, for our wonderful guests and the rest of our Gestalt IT family, we thank you all very much for tuning in and we hope to catch you in the next episode.